What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the Detroit Lions podcast, and this is Bischoff and Brown. Lions fans, it's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. I'm Russ Brown. With me, as always, Scott Bischoff. Scott, it's been, what, two weeks since we've done one of these, but you've been holding down the fort. How are you, my friend? I'm doing good. I did I did everything I could for us. Um, <laughs> it was a fun week. Uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, going into that, it felt like a game that they really should, you know, they should win. Mm-hmm. But the Carolina game from two years ago felt the same way. So, right, um, that was that was a uh, that to me that's a stepping stone game for for the Lions. And I know we've talked, everybody's talked about it, so we're not going to spend too much time looking back. But I will say that just from my perspective, looking at the way the how they handled their business, both offensively and defensively, as easy as they made it look, was a little bit uncomfortable um just uh and what i'm what i mean by stepping stone is that you you played you had no no amon ross st brown who we all think is jared goff's security blanket no jameer gibbs no brian branch um the offensive line isn't perfect right now with with what they've got going on they're dealing with some injuries there so you had some you had some issues where those in the past, the Lions might have, you know, fell in the hole, so to speak, uh, with the issues that they just couldn't overcome. This was not that game. And they, it it was like um, just a demolition of, of Carolina from start to finish. I know Carolina put up points in garbage time, but, you know, the Lions defense looked great. They They did a lot of keeping everything in front of them, which is what you would do. For teams who can't really get over the top of you, uh, but I, you know, I don't. What did you think? I mean, I just it was just such a destruction, and it was so um, pleasing as to how easy it was in just about every way. And that's the step. Like that's the like it wasn't. They're not in a perfect scenario for 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 their team. They don't have all their. They don't have everybody, and you still just rolled an NFL team like that. I mean, like. You know, who are we? What's happening? (laughs) I, dude, I know. I I feel like I'm living in another universe, another world, because you you talk with people in the city, family, friends, people at the grocery store, whatever. And and like, it's just like, this team is completely different from anything that I've ever seen in my lifetime, for sure. And certainly definitely part of your lifetime. And it's like, I, I I don't know how to feel about it because we were talking- It's like we went through a black hole. And we're in an alternate world, like you just said. Yeah, it, and it was a complete demolition, like you mentioned. That's a great way to summarize it. They demolished Carolina. And Bryce Young, I mean, like watching the game beforehand, like watching what Carolina was, I knew Adam Thielen was going to be heavily featured in the offense. He's their best receiver. It was it, their, their offense is a lot of quick screens, a lot of try to run after the catch stuff. And it, you can't really do that with Adam Thielen and DJ Chark. Thielen no. on... on Thielen on dig routes and crossers and little checkdowns. Okay, cool. But like, you need a speedster. You need a Devonte Smith. You you need kind of a gadget player in that offense. And they don't have that player right now. They thought maybe it was going to be Jonathan Mingo. He's not really that guy yet. So, 
I, yeah. I don't know. I, I was very intrigued with with the way the defensive line continues to to just dominate up front and stopping the run. I mean, that is so intriguing to me of how bad they were last year at parts, and then all of a sudden the switch just came on. And yeah. I don't I don't know who ignited it. I don't know who turned the switch on, ignited the fire, but it it's it's so fun to watch and. It's, I, I look at, and I try not to look ahead. I try not to do that because I, I know how coaching is. I know how the game goes. We know that. I go one week at a time, one game at a time, but I was talking it's to Dan. It's hard though. Like it's yeah. so hard not to think, you know, this should be a six and two, seven and one team kind of at the halfway mark. Mm-hmm. And then it's, looking forward, it's, <laughs> we should be, you should be clinching a playoff berth potentially in early December. And it's like, Stop thinking like that. It's, yeah, yeah. But no, yeah, no. And I, and I will. Say, they, they just. Know yeah, they're sorry. And I, I'm sorry. No, no. You're good. You're good. And I will say, and again, a lot of kudos to the defense because they're playing well. But this offense looks as well balanced as any offense in football right now. It it looks like this this team could go point for point with San Francisco and Philadelphia and Miami. And I'm not trying to get ahead of myself. I think that those are the three tier or the three teams that are kind of at their own tier, but it just feels like the way Detroit's playing right now, they could creep into that tier. And we haven't even seen this team fully healthy yet this year. They they just got JMO back. They've been without St. Brown and Gibbs. You mentioned banged up on the offensive line. It's like, well, when they have everybody, how good can this offense be? You know what I mean? So Yeah, for sure. And then you know, going forward too, it's like if you think about just play style, like Miami, Miami's, a, they're as fun to watch as any team in the NFL. I love mm-hmm. their coach, you know, all that stuff. But I don't know when it comes to December and January, how comfortable that team's going to be. Right. So home field is going to be crucial for them. I can't think of, I can't imagine that going on the road to Kansas City is going to be a comfortable thing for them. But then, Look at like the Lions setup and what the and the way they play on offense and yeah, being in in the cold, uh, yeah, we're good. You know, I think right. Philly probably feels the same way, but they're getting older. Mm-hmm. Um, San Francisco wants to run the ball too, but you know, I just I just the Lions well, are in a great position. Uh, this is a big week coming up. Mm-hmm. It's what do you so how are you feeling? What do you think? What are your vibes on this particular game? Yeah, uh, we're going to jump right into it. I, I think, um, and again, like Scott mentioned, guys, there's not, we can talk about Carolina, but again, it was a demolition, 42-24. It was a great win. They did what they needed to do. We want to preview Tampa Bay here. That's the emphasis of today's show. Uh, I will say real quick on Philadelphia, it, as good as they are, a lot, and again, I love Jalen Hurts. I love what the receivers are able to do, but a lot of their success right now is built off of, and it sounds crazy, it's built off of what DeAndre Swift is doing. If they don't have him and if he's not healthy, they don't have any running. I mean, Kenneth Gainwell, Boston Scott, it's enough to get you a little bit, but I don't think that's enough to get you a deep run into the playoffs. So I'm really curious what that team's going to look like later in the year if Swift is not healthy because we know as well as anybody, he can't stay healthy. So yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. Hopefully he does stay healthy just for his sake, but we'll see. Yeah. But with Tampa Bay, look, they're coming off a bye. And it feels like kind of like a trappy spot just simply because the vibes are good right now. It feels like a spot where, you know, the Lions maybe get a little bit ahead of themselves. And, you know, a team coming off a bye, they're healthy. Mike Evans should be back. We'll see. Um, Any any injuries that they may have, I feel like they're going to be okay and just good enough to keep this game close. 
I mean, it's a three and a half point spread. So Vegas is indicating it's going to be a pretty neck and neck game. Um, I, I think the big thing with me with, with when I watch Tampa Bay is just, you know, kind of similar to Detroit in a sense. You know, they like to use pre-snap motion. They don't use it as much as uh, Detroit. I'll actually, you know, with no motion, they run it like 56 or 57% of the time, but they run a lot under center, which is what Detroit does. I mean, nobody runs under center more than Detroit. So they're going to try to get the play action. They run play action more than anybody, 37% of the time, according to Sports Info and Solutions. So I, I think you're going to see a lot of play action. They're going to try to develop the run game with white. But as we know, our run game is dominant at the way it's going. I mean, histor- like they're on a that's something we got to talk about. The run game is at a historic level right now. Like it's better than the 85 Bears. It's and it's amazing cuz like last year through say 6 weeks or so the, the Lions were the worst run defense and it wasn't close in the NFL and then they tightened the ship against running backs but still running quarterbacks continued to hurt them just yeah. like they hurt everybody, right? But Seemed like that was a, a a bigger problem for the Lions, but yeah, through uh, five games, they're dominant. Uh, their run defense is great. I think there's a little there's an element of better defensive line play, and clearly, there. Uh, clearly, Lions linebackers have taken a step, right? So, mm-hmm. so you see, you see, um, Anzalone's playing at a pretty high level right now, right? Yeah. And Derek Barnes, who I almost called Derek Brooks, which is really weird. <laughs> that's because we're talking about Tampa Bay. I mean, I know, but I so that I suppose that's a glimpse into the uh, the broken brain over here. But Barnes is Barnes has really stepped his game up, and Campbell's just uh, Campbell's kind of like right there in the mm-hmm. waiting. Um, it's a bummer for Malcolm Rodriguez, and as much as I don't want this to happen, I could see Rodriguez getting moved. Just as a bit of a, you know, you're buried on a depth chart. It's important. Special teams is super important. Um, you know, and I think, but I think that's his role as, as a special teams player. Mm-hmm. But, I, you know, from a run defense standpoint, the Lions do a good job of tackling. It seems like they're super disciplined in, in the way they're playing up front. And, you know, I don't, Tampa's O-line's okay. And I, I think Rashad White's a fine, you know, he's a fine running back. Mm-hmm. But I worry about the the wide receiver matchups on the outside. So the Mike Evans stuff, and you know maybe they, the Lions get lucky, and he's I think he hurt his hamstring. Yeah, said his hamstring. Yeah, like um, a week and a half ago or so, and he's supposed yep. to run. He's supposed to give it a real hard test Friday. So we'll see, um, you know how that shakes out. But um. This is going to be an interesting game, and and, and this so I'm kind of curious where where you are with this. So, the Lions have had their way offensively through five games, but they haven't really faced um, a defensive line that's going to give them fits like I think Tampa's will. So, you're not moving Vita Vea. You're not. You're just not moving that dude. Mm-hmm. And then you have second level guys like um, Devin White. He's going to run stuff down. Mm-hmm. So this to me. Um, as much as the Lions are going to want to run the ball, I think this is where a player like Gibbs has a chance to be potentially a difference making. He can make some difference making plays in a non traditional way. I just I'm not sure that they're gonna they're gonna be able to line up 
and just play smash mouth football against what Tampa's defensive line and linebackers do. And yeah. it traditionally just be, I mean, if they do, I'm going to be super impressed by it. And I hope they can. Yeah. But I'm not sure that's going to be available to them the way it, the way it has been. So I could see Gibbs getting used in some in, in some funky ways to get him into space. And I could see him making some plays where everybody goes, oh, okay. So this is the complimentary stuff that we talked about. Right. Like the, that the Lions talked about when they when they drafted him. But I'm, I guess my concern is that it's not going to be just so easy as, hey, let's just line up and go. Right. You, I mean, you watch, you watch film. I, 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 you know what you're looking at. And it's like, you know, that there are times when a team can just line up and, and, and run our, and it's just going to line up and match up and, and everything's going to be okay. And it's going to be an easy day, right? This is not one of those weeks. I don't think it's going to be super easy on offense. And so then it's like, how does Jared Goff play? He's going to get some pressure. They have guys who can who can pressure the quarterback. Um, I'm just you know it's this is a, this is going to be a super interesting game. But again, it's still it's it's still a game where, from a global standpoint, the Lions should win this game, which is, you know, they really well, should. Well, and the, and the benefit is is if you if you go down and you win twenty to seventeen on the road in Tampa Bay, that's it, it, one. It's a win. If you get out healthy, good. If some of your rookies play well, good. And you move on to Baltimore, like, and that's yeah. the key. And I, I think that's what it's all about. But you, you mentioned an interesting point about Gibbs and not being able to run on Vita Vea, and I, and I agree. And I, I think the key for Detroit's offense is just, and, and I have an article dropping probably. Um, I mean, we're re- recording this on a Wednesday. Uh, most people probably won't see it on a Friday until a Friday, but uh, on on Thursday this week, I got an article dropping about the diversity in the Lions offense and how they're able to mix and match. And I I mentioned how they use pre-snap motion. And I, I think the pre-snap motion that they get from either St. Brown or Gibbs or even a potential Khalif Raymond, who, I mean, he didn't do a, a ton of stuff, but some of the big catches that he had were important. And I think that's the key is if they can move guys like that, get them out in space, you might be able to run a little RPO type stuff. And we haven't really seen that wrinkle yet in the Lions offense, but if you can't get the run game going, maybe we see something like that where if a safety isn't buzzing down or if he does buzz down and you got somebody open going vertical, maybe that's when, you know, Jared Goff calls his own number, play action, throws it deep to JMO or or whoever. Yeah. And or maybe you get to Raymond in the flats and he can run after the catch. And and that's almost like what Purdue football was last year with Aiden O'Connell. They couldn't run the football and their their run game was a check down, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I, I think there's variety and I think that's the benefit of Detroit is just how diverse the play calling is and how good it is that even if they struggle a little bit with moving Avita Vea or getting Devin White and, and washing him out. I think they're going to be okay, and, and I think it's going to be just enough to get the win. But it's it's interesting. It's just it's an interesting matchup. It feels a little trappy, and if Detroit has at all any hiccups at all offensively, I could see Baker Mayfield with those receivers somehow figuring out a way. But the benefit for Detroit is just Cam Sutton has been really good, and if you can get Brian Branch back this week, that's a huge yeah. plus to stop in those passes. You know, especially over the middle of the field and those types of things. Jerry Jacobs is going to give up passes. He does. It's fine. Corners do. That's why he's your number two. Yeah. But he's got a knack for being around the football and you got to give credit where it's due. If he draws Mike Evans or even Chris Godwin, there's hope that maybe Baker Mayfield just makes one or two bad throws 
and Jacobs is in the right spot. So I, I don't even know if it's hope. I think it's you, you almost know it. <laughs> like he's there are <laughs> right. going to be times where he's going to force the ball uh, mm-hmm. into a dangerous place, and I, I, I think that's a little bit of the expectation is that the Lions' defensive players can harass him enough to force him to do that. And you're looking good if that happens. Um, it's interesting because Tampa runs a three four, and it's just such a different look than what they've been seeing. Yeah. Um, About five man pressure. Yeah, but like in the in the running game, maybe you play a lot. Maybe you're even like thirteen personnel kind of where you're yeah. looking for extra double teams. Doing some push stuff or, you know, some pinning art stuff with your tight ends where, you know, you're, you can create an, an extra gap and maybe that's where you run to. It's just, this is where, like, I think the football nerdiness of, of uh, just playing matchup on offense, this one in particular is super interesting to see what Ben Johnson and company do uh, to create, to give them an opportunity to run the ball and stay stay in, you know, in their, the offense that Jared Goff likes to be in. So, well, yeah. you know, um, it'll, this will be a really interesting, uh, you know, matchup from that standpoint. And back to defense, well, like you're saying, um, you know, Jacobs is going to give up yards. He's going to give up catches. It happens. It's just, he he does find himself around the ball all the time. Branch has done that. In the games that he's played so far, I mean, it was, you know, I think everybody needs to just think about this for a second. Think about all of us holding our breath uh, two weeks ago, thinking he tore his Achilles and right. what, how devastating that was going to be for the Lions defense. Yeah. And then you think, dude's a second rounder and this is his fourth game. Like, it's incredible. And he's that important to what they do because yeah. he's a super smart guy. Who, who, just like with Jacobs, he's going to find himself all around the ball. And, you know, um, he can make plays in this game. Yeah. And, you know, so there's there's no reason to be afraid of this matchup. It's just from a football standpoint, this matchup is super interesting. And it, it, it's not a test in, in any way, but it's just, it's one of those games where, you know, coming out of this one, if you win this game, feels like a huge, huge deal. Yeah, you know, and it and it almost feels just... right, and it feels like a sigh of relief, right? Like it's it just a kind of a nerve wracking game. But just some of the numbers, I mean, the the Lions have seen you know zone running teams seventy six percent of the time, according to SIS. That's fourth most in the NFL defensively, and the team that runs the third most zone eighty percent of the time is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So. What the Lions have seen this year has been a ton of zone. I don't think they have to make a ton of adjustments defensively. They send, you know, this uh, the, the the most four man pressures out of anybody in the league, eighty three percent of the time, or second most of any team in the league. So they're gonna drop. They're gonna send four. They're gonna drop seven. The key, I think, defensively is the linebackers just have to get a little bit of depth, so the defensive backs can get a little bit of depth. Let everything yeah. play underneath you. You know, let stuff hit the flats and trust that guys are gonna come up and get there. And I think that's the key. If if they're getting two to three yards on little flat passes and stuff like that, cool. You force an incompletion on third down. It's fourth and six. You get off the field. And I think that's the exactly key. what they did last week to Thielen. It's just like, hey, if you want to catch that that three yard out, cool. Yeah. You know? And I think I think it's the same mindset here. You treat it the same way, and then you just 
You hope that your offense can click on a couple of drives because Tampa does, like you mentioned, have a good defense. You're not going to move guys like Vita Vea out of the middle of the field. But fortunately, he's in the middle of the field and you can run away from it. So, and I do wonder, are we going to see more shotgun stuff? Are we going to see, you know, maybe a little bit more pistol stuff, you know, stuff that they might not normally do, but that gives Goff time to get a little bit more depth in his dropbacks and those types of things, because I think that's the key. Well, it allows the ball to come out quicker, for sure. Right. And that's that would be a very important thing if you're facing pressure. Yeah. And they can, well, you know, they're, they can bring pressure. They're, uh, I mean, Vea's going to get some push. He is. You know, whether you double or not, it almost doesn't matter. He's going he's gonna, to he's gonna reset the line of scrimmage, but it's more, you know, uh, that's a really good point. I think about that. Um, the idea of being in shotgun or out of pistol for uh, to keep them in tempo and time and ahead of the yeah. sticks, you know, yeah. opening up bigger parts of the playbook than, you know, hey, third nine's not great. Um, well, and a really interesting point. I, 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 that's a great point. You know, well, and, and, and the Lions, well done. Don't, that's what I'm here for. You know, that's, I, I, I like to make it <laughs> think, you know, but, you know, ultimately the Lions, and according to SIS, the Lions run the, least amount of shotgun of any team in the league. Like, and, and the reason why they do that is so they can commit to those play action passes. They can run the blend of their zone and gap runs a little bit more efficiently under center. You know, if you're running out of shotgun, you're probably going to run a little bit more zone stuff. And yeah. I, I think, I think the key is, is just like you mentioned, get the ball out quicker. I th- you know, we saw it this past week against Carolina. JMO played the same number of snaps as Josh Reynolds, 29 snaps apiece. I think we're going to see a lot of quick screens there, and I think that's going to open up stuff towards the middle of the field because you're going to have St. Brown in the slot here, J-Mo in the slot here. He's going to step back. Defenders are going to pull this way to the screen, and St. Brown's going to be open. You run that out of gun. You should have, hopefully, somebody open in the middle of the field. I, I'm just so intrigued with the the, creati- the creativity from Ben Johnson, and I think that's going to be the difference maker is his creativity. I think J-Mo has a big week. I'm curious on the health of Jameer Gibbs, the hamstring, is he going to be a full go? Um, And ultimately on on the defensive side of the football, I know we mentioned Branch, but it feels just off the comments of Dan Campbell earlier this week, it feels like we're inching closer to a breakout game from Jack Campbell. And this might be the spot this week or next week seems like a spot where Jack Campbell gets maybe the first career pick or the first career pick six. And again, in a tight game like this, it could be the difference maker. I, I don't know. I'm I'm just you know spitballing off of just my feel, my gut feel of some of the rookies and young players that we have. Yeah, I, I mean, it's JMO is certainly um, he needs to have a big game or a couple of splash plays just to get everybody kind of settled in. I would ask people to watch him, uh, specifically the David Montgomery long touchdown run. Uh, that block, the man, block. that block was beautiful. Right? And it's like, okay, you had a drop. You didn't sulk. You didn't hang your head. It's a really nice block. It's a, You did a really good job of springing him. And then you then you tracked him down to celebrate with him. Like, this is not a guy who's, you know, who uh, saw a linebacker step into him and dropped a pass and then went to the sidelines and had a, had a terrible day. Because he right. did a, he did some other things too, where you know, hey, that's a really nice job. Now, you didn't draft him in the first round because he's a good blocker. That's not right. why. But you also didn't have you didn't have Amon Ra last week, so you, I don't think you had a full complement of 
of targets and touches for Jamison Williams that you might see this week. Mm-hmm. And he is he's just so fast. Um he could be, you know, they could do, they could design some things up for him. And then for me, it's always it's always been like, I want to see him run drags and, yes. and crossers, mm-hmm. deep crossers, where you know they do some clearing out and then have him running, you know, maybe from the the far hash all the way across the field. Nobody's going to stay with him yep. in that scenario. He's just going to be running away from everybody. So it's just a matter of can he and Goff get in sync. Um, that's a matchup that I'm that I'm really going to be uh, looking forward to seeing. And then it's that it's Laporta, who is right. like <laughs> their offense is ridiculous. Yes, you know um, Laporta's a defense altering player. Yeah, you almost have to you almost have to com- commit resources to him, which you don't always have to do with tight ends. But it, you know if you're bracketing him a, a touch or you're or you know. A linebacker and a safety are are on him. I feel like that's a mismatch, right? And I feel like it's a mismatch. Whoever's whoever's got Amon Ra, and you know that there's a mismatch with Jamison Williams. It's all good stuff for where golf is, you know. Um, the Lions, you know, that's just it's really interesting looking at what they're missing and how they're pl- like. They threw up 42 points on an NFL defense, <laughs> missing. Missing some critical pieces. They mm-hmm. did. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I, I, what it burns had one sack, but outside of that, I don't, I don't remember Goff being pressured all that much. No. They kept him clean. Um, that's going to be a big deal. Keeping him comfortable and, uh, feeling it is, is really going to be a huge deal on Sunday. Yeah, and I, and I and I want to piggyback on the JMO stuff. You know, you mentioned getting them on deep crossers and, and those types of things. And I know we're kind of up against it with time, but I, I I just will say, in that game against Carolina, you know, he did have the drop, and it might have been a business decision because he might have got wrecked on that. Pass. Oh yeah, but yeah. at the same time, on the fourth down in the second quarter. Goff is going through his progressions, and rather than staying true, and he's got a wall of an offensive line to his left. He's got all day and in the middle of the field wide open on a deep crosser, if he leads it, is a wide open JMO. And instead yeah. on the fourth and three, he checks it down to the the running back who almost gets killed. And it's like Goff, I think, understands that. And that's why he made the comments earlier this week. Like he's not going to shy away from JMO because of the drop. He's doing the work. He's putting in the work. And you see it. You saw it in this game with the block, being open on other routes, being a team player. You, you yeah. mentioned he, he didn't go to the bench, you know, pouting and get me the ball, get me the ball. He made it about the team. And I think that's where us Lions fans have to start picking him up. Like, I get it. There's pressure. It's high. He's a high draft pick. We traded up to get him. He's done some dumb things, but he can rewrite the, you know, rewrite his novel here, his story and make it better. So I, I, I'm excited to see what he can do. And I, again, I think he's the difference maker this week. I think if there's anybody that can help alleviate the pressure that golf might see up front is the speedster, whether it's up the seam over the middle of the field. I'm all for it. Um, the one thing I will, the last thing I'll, I have on that, there is no doubting or questioning his desire and love for the game. Mm-hmm. Period. If you watch Alabama and you see him on, on kick teams and punt coverage, he's a monster, right? You don't do that stuff that's not one of those things where you just say, hey, I'm kind of bored by this and I don't really love this game. I guess I'll just go out and, and punt coverage and dominate. 
Yeah. That's not how it works. Right. And then you see him um, as a slighter guy blocking the way he does. There's just, there's no questioning that. So I think we all just need to chill a little bit with him and just let him emerge. And he will. And when he does, it's going to be something special because he is one of the fastest players in the NFL. Yeah. And if, if they get him going with the combination of what they already have, you know, I don't even want to, I don't even want to talk about what's going on in my brain. Yeah. No, I, it, it, I was. Yeah, no, and I think we've talked about it, and I, I'm excited about it. Lions fans should be excited about it. Uh, they they have the second easiest schedule left in the NFL outside of the Green Bay Packers. But again, one week at a time on this podcast because we cannot jump ahead, and we're no longer doing predictions on this podcast. Seattle burnt us. We're not doing that here. Uh, I'm done. <laughs> exactly. But you guys can drop comments below. Uh, give us your score predictions. Give us a follow on Twitter uh, at Bischoff underscore Scott at Russ NFL Draft. You guys, of course, can rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Scott, my man, it's always great talking Lions football for you. Oh, you got any, anything else for me? Nothing? No, we're good. We're good. We'll uh, Let's see how it plays out. Uh, we'll be back next week for, with, a, with a look ahead at a, another important game uh, against Baltimore. But, you know, this one's going to yep. be good. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll be right here next week, guys, as always. Um, that's Scott Bischoff. I'm Russ Brown. This is Bischoff and Brown on the Detroit Lions podcast. We'll talk to you guys next week. Let's bring it in here together. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Lions on three. One, two, three. Russ! You've had enough of that shit.